Guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic and these are trying times. It's hard on our mental health, our mental state. And this is why I love our sponsor today, BetterHelp. They're the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's brilliant. Sign up today. Go to betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare and get 10% off sign up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Qualcast Nation, it is Black History Month, and I wanted to bust out this episode we did with Dwayne Casares, who is one of the orchestrators of Directions for Youth and Families in Columbus, Ohio. And basically, he's part of a group that saw an underserved Black community in Columbus and really integrated them and provided resources, addressing the the main social determinants of health to really help that community prosper, improve the education, improve housing, improving economic uh, status, improving the safety in the neighborhood, all these interventions through multiple partnerships. And, you know, they have success stories. Kids go into college when, you know, nobody in the, in in that, in, in that area getting out, uh, going to college, you know, and you hear like the, uh, how downtrodden these neighborhoods were like no community resources, no parks even Um, like, and they what we call changing the boogie. They took the power within their own hands. And I I think this is just, I wanted to do this show to just provide those that want to, to serve and, and one, give you reason to to serve Two, also think about the framework, how to engage the community, not come in and telling the community how it needs to change and what you need to do to change, but actually being, being a partner, collaborating and, uh, so yeah, I, I I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, Dwayne Caceres. Quadcastation, listen, we have a very exciting episode today with Dwayne Casares. And what I'm so excited for you guys to hear is how they have changed the boogie, how they have engaged their community to really foster growth, to really be inclusive and to get the answers from within the community to change the landscape. And it's such a beautiful model. And 
I, I don't even know where to begin, but Dwayne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me and excited to meet uh, Quadcast Nation. <laughs> uh, so beautiful. So tell me, Directions for Youth and Families, like how did this begin? What was your journey? How did you get involved? Let us let's hear from your perspective. OK, so we're we're a mental health agency. We have like over 50 licensed therapists and counselors who work with kids, uh, mostly inner city kids in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, one of the unique things with us is all of our uh, services are outreach. So our counseling is in the homes and the schools and the community. Quite honestly, the people we serve aren't going to come to some mental health facility once a week for therapy. That's just not how it works in those communities. So we are a gifted property in one of these uh, communities, and we already have an after school and summer program. So we are going to build a new one. But what happened uh, is when we got to that community, we did not realize that we were the only social service agency in that whole area. So this is a, a, a large area with uh, like 6,000 kids. Mm -hmm. um, there's no park and rec center. There's no library. There's honestly no other social service agency there but us. And what we soon found out in working with the people in that community um, is the needs were so great. It was now the number one area in infant mortality. It was the number one area in evictions, number two in crime, and number three in poverty. And nobody was lifting a finger to help it. Uh, we knew we needed more than an after-school center. We knew we needed to do something to help this community heal. So what we started doing is taking van loads of moms from that community because 76% of the people in this household are single parent moms. Um, and we were taking them to our Ohio Avenue Center, which is another center that we have, because we wanted them to be able to dream about what this new center could be. The center that we have, we're in right now, the building that we were gifted is only 3,800 square feet. We want to build a facility that's 24,000 square feet. Wow. Wow. And I just want to emphasize, Dwayne, you know, as a ICU doc, some of those risks that you were talking about, the poor education, uh, the inability to have like even rec centers to keep the kids active and 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 and, and staying healthy. All these are risk factors from early death and, and landing in a, an intensive care unit and all this stuff. So I just want to put that lens on for the, the listeners that are hearing like why what you know, Dwayne and, 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 and folks are doing why it's so important. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you lifted that up because uh, communities of poverty really come with it. These are traumatized communities. Mm. These are areas of toxic stress. When you have to worry about, you know, as I mentioned, we were taking groups of moms to Ohio Avenue. One of the first groups, one of the moms talked about how her son was killed in those streets, murdered um, 10 years ago. And she's been fighting to get somebody there to help that community for 10 years. And no one's listened. Now, think about that. You are a parent who lost your child to violence in that street who was murdered. You've been trying to get help and nobody's listening. And all you're seeing is watching your community deteriorate. So she actually said to us, are you folks angels? <laughs> well, you, we cannot have that narrative coming out of mom's mouths. Um, it, this, this should not even be acceptable when you're talking about basic needs and basic safety and basic, this should not be acceptable that this happens to our children before someone will listen. It happened to hers and no one still listened. So, um, I knew we had to change that narrative. Amazing. And what, and how did you make this happen? Like what, what were some of the, the steps you made within the community in Columbus to, to intervene? 
Yeah, the first thing we did was we listened to the moms in the community to see what they needed. Hmm. Uh, and because we, we are a trauma-informed agency from a mental health standpoint, um, we also started working with Bridge Housing Corporation out of Potrero Hill in, in California. They developed a trauma-informed community building model. So this was a trauma-informed community building model, which starts with communities having a safe place. I had been working with Bridge for several years and working with their model. We added uh, the five social determinants of health to address we added Annie E. Casey's two-gen model, but we called it a multi-gen model. And then we added our own cultural assessment. We combined all those things to develop what we now call a community restoration model. And, and let me tell you, that's different than a community change model because we used to think, can we have a, a transformation without gentrification? I mean, so many cities struggle with that. They transform communities, but they gentrify in the process. Um, I wanted to see, can we do that without that? I will tell you what we learned to consider it transfer, transformation is actually disrespectful to the people who lived in that community. It, this is about restorative justice. This is about restoration. Uh, this actually, this community that we're working on used to be a very prominent and thriving black community in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and now it's one of the poorest and one of the highest crime rates. And it, 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 we need to restore what they had. This isn't about transforming. That's why we had to work with the people. I strongly believe, and we as an agency believe, we have to stop going into communities and throwing programs at them and then tell them to fit into our programs. We need to work with communities to develop the programming that they think would be most helpful. We have to listen. We have to work with them, not at them, not to them. Uh, and we just have to embrace that. And we're stronger for that because we want sustainable change. And you're not going to have sustainable change when you do all the work. Amen. Amen. And I've heard this from so many communities that have been that have been able to assist with restoration and so forth, that it really does have to come from the community. The answers are within oh, yeah. the community. So g give us a sense of some of the changes that happened within the group, like in terms of improving on those social determinants of health. Yeah, so we knew that we need to meet all of those things. But we're, we're a counseling agency and we're an after-school center. We don't do all these other things. We don't run uh, uh, farmer's markets. We don't have a community garden. We don't have an aquaponics center, uh, but we needed to address that. Um, we needed to address, we needed to stop the, the eviction process uh, because it, it, when you don't have stabilized housing, no one's going to listen in school when you don't even know we're going to have a place to stay that night. I mean, these, these are basic things that have to be addressed. So we knew we had to do that. Well, we don't do all those things. So what I knew I needed to do is get nonprofit community partners and be intentional about who we invited to assist us in meeting the five social determinants of health. So that's what we started to do. I got the people who manage all the apartment complexes in that area. I talked to them about, look, if we can stabilize people from a mental health standpoint and get them employed, you don't have to be victim. And that saves you money because then you don't have turnover. So let's work together. And, and, and so I have uh, uh, three of them on board uh, to work with that, that manage those properties with food. I got the two agencies in Columbus who do community gardens, who do farmers markets and who supply people with food. I don't have to do that. Senior, I, we don't do senior services. Uh, we don't have programming for seniors. Catholic social services does. Um, they just don't have a place. So I partner with them. So right now to address all five social determinants health, we have 21 nonprofits who are joining us to address every one of these areas. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. So 
And in terms of the five determinants of health, so like, uh, can you list them off? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I I need to mention this, too. The the thing about the infant mortality, we could not wait for that to change. Um, You you just can't. We can't allow kids to uh, uh, that that rate to be so high. And they were number one. So what we ended up doing was we partnered with Ohio Health, a hospital here three years ago, because this has been a five years in the making. And and we put in a a, a $7,000 electrical outlet unit um, Mm. so they could plug a semi into. They have been coming three times a month for the last three years and they have been full every time we, this community was hungry for even basic medical services and it didn't have access to that. So wow. that's important. So the wow. five social Germans health uh, education uh, uh, is one of them. Um, healthcare. What I just mentioned is one of them uh, neighborhoods and the environment, which is one of them uh, social and community contact, which is one of them. And then economic stability, which is like employment. So those are the five areas that we had to make sure that we ended up addressing so that people could have pathways out. Well, and what I really like hearing Dwayne too, is the, the idea that, you know, you're not going to try and recreate the wheel. No. You're going to call on people that have, Establish this in the past that know the path forward, right? And and engage in them and saying, "Hey, help us out. How can we? Uh, uh, how can like help us out in terms of uh, how we could do better? How we could address these five determinants of health?" And it's I don't know. I'm so, but it seems like a, a formula for success. Like what you, how you guys did this? Yeah, you know. Well, first off. Um, I have no business going into other areas that we have never done anything with. And honestly, the people we serve deserve better than that. They deserve better than me trying to invent something that I've never done before. Um, Mm. So, and I always tell people, look, the people that we serve, they don't get to be in the room or at the table that I get to. So I have an obligation, a duty to speak on their behalf. And that meant securing them the services that they need. And even the services from some people that they may trust. So we have to listen to them as well. Uh, We have to listen to uh, who they're familiar with, who they're not, who they're comfortable with. And we became a vaccination site because, as I told the Department of Public Health, they ain't trusting you. They trust us. (laughs) I mean, truly, they trust us. So we need to be that so that that the people in our community can get vaccinated. So that's what we did. Um, It's truly one of these things that you build with a community by being in partnership with them, by walking side by side with them, not telling them what to do or throwing something in there and saying, well, use it. It, That's just not how it works. And yeah, I I love it. I love the Once again, you're walking as partners. You're going with them in this journey. And uh, this really is incredible. And how long has the program been running? Uh, Well, we have, uh, we're in the end of our capital campaign right now. So we have to build a new building uh, to bring all these programs together. So uh, this is our model. This is what we have put out there. But we, and so it's been over five years in planning and and putting this together. We're looking to break ground, hopefully in about uh, uh, two months, The, the pandemic, increase the cost of lumber and steel and everything. So we thought we raised enough for the building and now we have to raise about uh, uh, 1.8 million more because prices went so high, I couldn't believe it. Um, but we're gonna get there. Uh, uh, and then um, we want to make this transferable to other communities so other communities can have this model so they can start uh, 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 really to uh, address social justice, what I believe from a restorative, uh, a responsible standpoint with some of our struggling communities. 
Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, thanks for that, Dwayne. I know it's been five years, but is there is any kind of success stories or or kids that have come through? You know that have that come to well, mind when you think of the impact yeah. that you guys had. Uh, let, let's you know we have we have another center that we that's actually twenty two thousand square feet. So we we have an after school and summer program. It just doesn't have all the five social determinants of health. But we added that to this model, and I'll tell you why. Um, in that community, it's another very very impoverished community in Columbus. Uh, in the last three years, we have sent seven kids out of our program to college through our music program. Many of them have been with us since the sixth grade. Some of them got four ride scholarships. This does not happen in that community. I got to tell you, we have this whole big board with their pictures on it and everything because people need to see that people that look like them and that grew up in their community can aspire to be something more than than that community. And and, uh, we're very proud of these seven going to college. I will tell you the first few years, it was only three guys, but last year we had four young girls who are now a part of four young black girls who are now going to college um, out of that community. And I am, I am thrilled about, I'm so proud of them. They have worked so hard. Like I said, many of them been with us since the sixth grade. Uh, um, and, and, and they're like partly family. The kids feel that way. So, uh, we celebrate these things hugely. I am. Listen, this is, it brings so much joy to my heart hearing this, like how, cause once again, what, what, as you said, once they see that that dream can happen, when they see that this is attainable, it lifts so many people, it lifts the community. And it says like, we can do this. We could collectively do this. And, and build themselves out of this, you know, un, unfortunate situation and really have that dream of, of prospering. And, and listen, to everything you just said, that's all about hope. Yeah. And there are times when we're in communities and no one's helping us when they don't give us a library, they don't give us a rec center, they don't give any services there. It's hard to have hope. It's hard to dream. It, it, it's hard to think that there's a path out. So we have to change all of that. And, and, and honestly, the kids, if you think about it, the kids are changing the path for the next kids. 100%. They're the ones really, I mean, we're assisting them, but they're the ones doing the work. Let's be clear about that. We have the easy part. They have the hard part. They're the ones who have to put in the effort and change. We're just going to walk that path with them. So when we celebrate these triumphs, it is all about what they did. Not about what we did. It's what they accomplished and what they are now contributing to and what they're passing on to their nieces and nephews and next door neighbors and brothers and sisters. Um, these are these, It's critical that you be able to see that you can do it because others like you are doing it as well. And, and Dwayne, I'm hoping by just really amplifying what the, the most beautiful stuff that you guys have been doing, that not only is it you guys already clearly impacting the community within Columbus, but I wanted to scale. I wanted everyone to hear this and really provide motivation to, to engage your community and help those that are less fortunate so that we could grow together. And yeah, uh, you know, I call it community healing because they are responsible for part of that healing. So we're not doing it for them so that when they do do it, their ownership for it. Um, and, and it's critically important that that stays with them. We're not trying to foster dependency. We're not trying to give handouts. Uh, we're not trying to uh, rescue people. What we are doing is assisting them in their journey mm. to have the basic things that all humans should be able to have the same opportunities, the same hope, uh, the same future aspirations. Wow. Listen, Dwayne, 
I got to thank you for, for coming on the show, providing the inspiration that a lot of us need right now. And I want to wholeheartedly thank you for what you and your organization have been doing in a, a heavily uh, marginalized, racialized community, black community that is, is, can be transformational. And I, I, I really commend you for the work you're doing. And thank you for so much for coming on the show. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to speak to uh, Quadcast Nation. I love that, by the way. <laughs> Thanks so much, my friend. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Quadcast Nation. Hard not to get a little bit clamped listening to that episode. I loved it. I loved it. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook at Quadcast. Leave any comments at Quadcast99 at gmail.com. Check out solvingwellness.com. We're changing the landscape of burnout within healthcare providers. You know, we're, we're trying to change that boogie. This is trying times for healthcare providers. So this is, our, this is our way of trying to address it. So go to solvingwellness.com and listen, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the five-star ratings. Thanks for the, uh, the support during these crazy times. We love you. And we'll connect again real soon. Peace.